This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, August 5th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. Recent corruption scandals within high levels of Brazil's government and at Brazil's state-owned oil company have left voters willing to consider a wider range of political alternatives. Fabio Osterman and Kim Kataguri are leaders of the Free Brazil Movement. We spoke about what might be next for Brazilian politics and policy during Cato University, held last week. We're currently undergoing the worst political and economic crisis in Brazil in the, in the last 20 years. And this has, of course, started not right, not in the, in the last months, but a while ago. President Dilma Rousseff has been uh, leading a government, and specifically a, a government that uh, promotes an economic view that's uh, 100% mistaken. She has increased public spending, and she has increased restrictions on, on, uh, on private companies, and uh, she has not lived up to her, her predecessor's legacy because she decided to take a more militant stance on economic views. Yeah, and also uh, she got elected last year. Uh, it was she almost lost actually, and uh, she promised like that the prices wouldn't go up and that her government would be democratic. That she, that her party was honest, that she was honest. But uh, well, her party got caught in a huge corruption scandal, and the prices skyrocketed, and the economy got out of control. So. Um, people got li really angry about it because she delivered just the opposite of what she sold in the campaign. Now, and uh, the memories of many, many people, older people in Brazil, they remember a hyperinflation from the 80s and 90s. And uh, as you guys uh, are alluding to, the inflation is coming back. Yes, we're currently having, uh, we're currently getting close to an, a level of inflation that's about 9 to 10%, something that has uh, hasn't happened in the last 20 years. So people don't actually remember what happened during the 80s. We were, I mean, Kim wasn't even born at the time, and I was a, a little child. But uh, we, we kind of know what happened at the time because companies just didn't, didn't have the means to plan themselves due to hyperinflation. And uh, there, was a, there was a very low level of, uh, of trust in the economic future of the country. But fortunately, in 1994, we had a new economic plan that brought Brazil to a new phase of, of, of economic stability. Ironically, this, this, this moment in Brazilian politics was a direct consequence of, a, of an impeached president, Fernando Collor de Mello, in 1992. And this is what we're trying to bring about again because we currently have a president, President Dilma Rousseff, who has been able to, to bring to Brazil a rare mix of corruption and uh, managerial incompetence. Her government has, has uh, got together the worst types in Brazilian politics and also uh, a high level of corruption surrounding all public-owned companies and uh, her huge government that currently counts with 39 departments. Now, tell me about these uh, publicly owned companies. It seems to, to be a, a relatively large share of the Brazilian economy, something that Americans might not, uh, might not be that familiar with. Well, Brazilian government has control for, uh, of about 700 companies across the country. And this ranges from, uh, for instance, an oil company like Petrobras, and also some funny examples like uh, 
uh, a company that produces condom in the in the Amazon region that was created in the 2000s to give a uh, uh, a local destiny for uh, for the latex production in the Amazon. And what is the government's role in the banking industry? Uh, government controls the largest bank of Brazil, and it, uh, it also has uh, a development bank that's used to finance supposedly used to finance infrastructure projects, but in the last 10 years it has been used for every type of, of uh, reason, yeah. including uh, infrastructure projects abroad. Yeah, and also huge corruption scandals. And, uh, well, the government basically used the period of economic boom we had to increase, the si increase its own size. So what we see now is, as a result is that uh, the president's approval is several percent, and I mean, inflation is higher than it. Inflation is higher than the president's approval rating? Yeah, that's true. And also, uh, in Brazil, we have seen grow uh, a very dangerous type of crony capitalism that was widely financed by this development bank called BNDES, which currently uh, finances a wide array, a, a array of companies. This is this has always uh, put a big big portion of of Brazilian most prominent businessmen in the hands of the government. Yeah, and the, the owners of the biggest private companies in Brazil, well, many of them are in prison now, and a lot of directors from state-owned companies also. So this uh, this development bank is able to call the shots for a lot of companies in Brazil because. They're the ones make the government is the one making determinations about who gets what financing for certain projects. Exactly. If a if a company's owner or director goes out publicly against the government, he knows that he might be losing this this uh, source of financing, and it's a s subsidized money that companies, especially nowadays during this economic crisis in Brazil, that that they just cannot afford to lose. We currently are. Having in Brazil, uh, the the best estimates for for Brazil this year uh, say that we'll, we'll be having a negative negative growth. If that is a, yeah. <laughs> if that expression is even possible, the economy is going to shrink like yeah, like one percent this year. So a, a hyperinflation in the '80s, economic instability followed by a president who was impeached, a large a long period of economic stability at which time the government used it to expand. And now uh, we see a, a situation that may be similar. So what are you young people in Brazil doing to uh, make sure that the mistake of not imposing a bunch of structural reforms after ousting the, the president in, in the 90s, what, how, how, are you gonna, how are you tackling this differently? The main difference from, from the 80s to the situation we're living now is the fact that we have more information available. Besides the fact that, of course, we have uh, had this experience in the past, so we can learn with it. We currently uh, are building uh, a wide basis of supporters of libertarian ideas, and we're now rising as a movement that's been able to promote libertarian ideas to the masses. And we have been uh, taking it advantage of this movement where Brazilian society is, is unhappy with the, with the path that this government has taken. And with this, we're gaining a lot of terrain with this. Yeah, it's very clear that the Workers' Party failed the country and uh, people want new ideas. 
we are there too often. I mean, during many years, there were only leftist social movements, mostly financed by political parties. And now we are the biggest Brazilian social movement and we are libertarian. So uh, things are changing. So you're quoted, uh, Kim, in The Guardian saying, we defend free markets, lower taxes and the privatization of all public companies. Can you elaborate on that just a little bit? Yeah, I mean, uh, all the corruption scandals we're seeing now in Brazil uh, couldn't have happened if all the, the I mean, the state oil company, for an example, uh, was a private company. I mean, uh, uh, obviously, state-owned companies are used by politicians to attend to their own interests because... They have huge influence in them, and uh, they have been using our money and this this company's money to buy the Congress, and this makes a lot easier for them not to respect the the rule of law, and uh, also to control the media because uh, the Brazilian media is mostly dependent on government's money. Uh, well, they use it to say that we, for an example, are financed by the CIA or the Koch brothers, so. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, the only solution is to give more power to the individuals and less power to the government. I mean, that's so how I see it. How, how are you portrayed in uh, media in Brazil? Well, um, as uh, they, they try to relate us with uh, the military dictatorship that happened in Brazil for uh, 20, 20, years. 20 years. Yeah, because... The, the, our president and the, the Workers' Party used to be a, a leftist social movement that fought against the military dictatorship, and they try to label all those who are against them as people who wants to bring fascism, to bring uh, a new dictatorship. But the population just can't believe it anymore because, I mean, we're so young. I mean, we, we didn't even leave this, this period of uh, dictatorship. And... Uh, I can't really, I can't really imagine us defending political arrests or torture. So um, they really try to um, take out the, the credibility of the movement. But fact is that our popularity, our credibility, is like in ninety three percent, and the, the the government's popularity is seven percent. So uh, it isn't working. So what would be the impact if if you are successful? And for example, maybe just uh, Petrobras. The company. What if that that were the only thing that were privatized? How how big of an impact would that we have? Think, we think that the impeachment of, of Dilma Rousseff is uh, only the beginning for a new period of reforms in Brazil. We currently don't see any way that Brazilian government could have the means to efficiently manage a company the size of Petrobras. Uh, in Brazil, it's usually said that the oil is ours. This was this was actually a motto created during the campaign that. Uh, managed to create Petrobras in the 1950s. But the fact is, the oil has never been ours. Uh, gasoline in Brazil is much more expensive than here in the U.S. and in pretty much anywhere else in the world. And Petrobras is a very, very, very inefficient company. And uh, it deals with lots of, lots of uh, areas in Brazilian politics that it shouldn't be shouldn't be being used to that. Yeah, government tries to sell that uh, state-owned companies are from the population, but actually it's from the government. And I mean, only the politicians make good make use of it for themselves. I mean, the population can't uh, buy ha have free gasoline. I mean, the oil isn't ours; it's government's. Is it your view that 
the leftists in Brazil try to make the government and the people seem like it's the same thing? Yeah. yeah. All the time. All the time. And those who are against the government are against the people in their point of view. So they try to all the time paint us as huge conspirationists, people who are trying to, to bring foreign money as if it was a bad thing, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to bring foreign money or, or being funded by foreign money, something that we're not. But, but we, we would have, have absolutely no problem. We wouldn't have any problem. <laughs> Our, the problem we see is, uh, is about being funded by government money, money that was uh, stolen from people. This is, this is a big problem for us. We would never accept government money. Tell us about the protests that you have organized over the past few months. I, see, I saw one that was activists preparing to walk 600 miles uh, to on behalf of free markets. So it all started in November of last year when we had our, our first first protest against uh, President Dilma Rousseff. By the time we were not at yet asking for impeachment, we were demanding uh, freedom of speech. We were demanding uh, fair investigations on the corruption scandals. But with time and with the advancement of, of the investigations surrounding Petrobras corruption scandal, we decided to call for a, for a big demonstration all across the country on March 15th, in which we were able to get together more than 3 million people all across the country. So it was the largest public demonstration not organized by political parties, as it was always uh, the case in Brazil, in all Brazilian history. We had a second round of protests in April the 12th, and then after that, we decided to, to take things to a new level. Yeah. Um, since our first protest in November 1st to April, uh, the government's popular, the president's popularity went from 40% to 7%. But when we, we called for the protests in March, I mean, we brought uh, more than 2 million people to the streets. And in April, we brought like 1 million. And then the government was saying that our movement was getting weaker, that the government was regaining its strength. But uh, fact is, people only started losing their hopes because our main opposition party uh, wasn't doing its job. In, in fact, they were fighting against us. They were saying that we couldn't impeach the government. They were saying that we should respect the president. I mean, that's our main opposition party saying that. That's why people uh, got a little bit disappointed. So we decided to do something to inspire these people, to say that, yeah, we can do it, that uh, the government can fall if we keep fighting. So we decided to walk from Sao Paulo to the capital, Brasilia, and it's like a 600 miles walk. It lasted 33 days. And uh, we passed by many cities teaching people why it's important to defend liberty and why uh, impeaching our president is an important first step. And uh, people got really touched by it and uh, it even, uh, as our support was so big, uh, many opposition leaders had to support impeachment. And there, when we arrived at the Capitol, we filed our request for impeachment at the House of Representatives. And recently, uh, the Speaker of the House uh, had some fights with the president and he, he got a little bit angry after he got prosecuted. And then uh, that's why we expect it to be voted on the next weeks. And But we, we still 
we couldn't stay still. I mean, uh, we had to do something uh, while everything was happening. So we decided to, uh, we, we did a project called the Impeachment Scoreboard, in which we sent every week teams to the Capitol to take videos of politicians asking them if they will vote for or against impeachment. And we got a, a very good result. I mean, we, we figured that politicians are afraid of us because they know when we record a video of them saying no, millions of people will see it. And they also know that we are organized. And, I mean, the whole country and their people are more willing to go to the streets against them. So uh, we are very optimistic and we believe that the president will be impeached by the end of the year. How important has technology been to being able to make the movement that you have now possible? It has been crucial. I mean, uh, most of our connections to our bases across the country, we currently have 173 cells all across the country or all across the 27 states and five regions of the country. We reach them uh, primarily by, by through Facebook, through email, through WhatsApp. So uh, without technology, uh, an organization like ours yeah, that operates, impossible. Yeah. Uh, it would be absolutely impossible for us, especially because... Our, our budget is not very high, so we'd, we, we wouldn't have the means to reach them and to organize ourselves. Fabio Osterman and Kim Kataguri are leaders of the Free Brazil movement. We spoke last week during Cato University. Learn more about Cato University at our website, cato.org.